Hello, Steelers Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. We've got the return of an old friend today as Arthur Motes has the day off, and our buddy Adam Crowley will be joining me in his place on today's episode of the Steelers Blitz. Crowley and I yap about the current quarterback carousel happening around the NFL with a lot of big signal callers reportedly on the trade block. I pick Adam's brain about the Steelers' looming free agency and draft decisions that are coming soon. But we start today with the retirement of the anchor of the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line. Let's get it going. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's time for another episode of the Steelers Blitz. We got our buddy, the Crow Man, with us today. Arthur Motes, scheduled day off, all right? Don't worry, nothing's wrong with Motes. He's scheduled day off today. In his place, we've got a familiar voice, a familiar name. It's our buddy, Adam Crowley. Uh, first time in a long time. What's happening, Crow Man? A little load management, huh, for <laughs> Arthur Motes? I mean, when you're a superstar, you can't play all 100 minutes every single day, so... You walk in, and here's the crowd, man. Let's get it rocking. Yeah, so if I guess if uh, you know if he's LeBron James, then I don't know. You're still Luka Doncic out there, you know, just playing 44 minutes a night. Uh, Adam Crowley, happy to have him uh, with us here. You guys know the drill. Our uh, new off-season edition of the Steelers Blitz, doing some elongated podcast style segments here on the show and crowd man we have certainly got some big news to dissect here uh, since the last episode of the Steelers Blitz this past Thursday a pretty significant announcement by a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line of course I'm talking about Marquise Pouncey something that had been um, rumored kicked around discussed ever since really the Monday or Tuesday after that wild card weekend, super wild card weekend loss to the Browns, uh, a lot of credible people in this town, a lot of the Dale Lollies and the Jerry Dulacs uh, reporting that Marquise Pouncey was going to retire. But just a few days ago, Crowman, that news became official. Marquise Pouncey um, retiring after 11 seasons in the National Football League, all 11 with the black and gold with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, a five-time All-Pro in um, – in his 11 seasons, three-time first team and twice on the second team, nine-time Pro Bowler, as well as the center for the NFL All-Decade team in the 2010s. Crowman, the Steelers are an organization that just has an illustrious history at the center position. Uh, Webster, Dawson, Hardings, Pouncey, he came in as a rookie and hit the ground running and, and man, was just was such a huge part of this organization, obviously, of that offensive line. I thought it was so impressive. From day one, he, he's meant so much to that franchise for 11 years. Yeah, it was obvious way back when at the beginning of his career that he couldn't keep him off the field. And there was some talk that maybe he wasn't going to start right from the shoot. And then he said, no, I'm going to. <laughs> and he, he did that through his play. Marquise Pouncey was a great leader within the locker room, somebody whose voice was respected. I thought a lot he actually went against the grain. I didn't always go along with conventional wisdom. I think that there was a certain uniqueness about Marquise Pouncey. Obviously, the quarterback, 
who is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, uh, absolutely loves the guy. And there are some reports out that Ben actually tried to talk Marquise Pouncey out of retirement yep. uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I think that speaks highly of the guy. I mean, hmm. if you want to go through the resume, which you did, then you can see all of the things that he was able to accomplish throughout his illustrious career. But just hearing that Ben Roethlisberger wanted him to come back, I mean, that speaks to the quality of play that Marquise Pouncey provided for over a decade. The only thing that hurts Euler, of course, is that not only did he not win a Super Bowl, but because of his injury, hmm. he didn't get to play in a Super Bowl. And we'll see if eventually the Hall of Fame voters hold that against him. Yeah, I, I want to get into all those things that you just touched on, what this means for Ben, how you go about replacing Marquise Pouncey, um, his Hall of Fame candidacy. Before we get into those specifics, though, Mr. Crowley, uh, you mentioned there how, you know, after the Steelers drafted Pouncey, uh, there was some talk, will he be the guy right away? Will he have to learn on the job? But he was. I mean, he came right in, grabbed those reins. Uh, you just mentioned it. Steelers go to the Super Bowl his rookie year, but because of injury, he's unfortunately able to play, unable to play in that game. I think maybe that's of all the things that we're going to discuss in this this segment here and today on the sh on the uh, on the episode about Marquise Pouncey. I think how how fast he hit the ground running. You know, if we can go back eleven years and let's be honest, Adam, in the in the Killer B era, right, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, in the Killer B, really at the height of the Killer B era, it was I think conventional NFL wisdom that the two best offensive lines in the NFL, the two truly elite offensive lines in the NFL were the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. That okay. was, you know, four or five years ago, that was the conventional thinking by everybody. There's two great, elite, outstanding offensive lines in the NFL, one in Pittsburgh and one in Dallas. But when Marquise Pouncey first got to the Steelers organization, Crowman, that was not the case. I mean, they were still two years removed, right, from Ben Roethlisberger standing on the podium in Tampa Bay saying, ha, 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 offensive line, who's laughing now with that Lombardi trophy? Because everybody talked about how the Steelers couldn't win a Super Bowl with how bad their offensive line was. Pouncey was the one who started that transition from, uh, honestly, uh, 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 an offensive line that was the brunt of the jokes and that people thought would hold the Steelers back from winning Super Bowls to being one of the strengths of the organization, to being one of the truly elite units in the National Football League, and how he was able to do that from day one is so impressive to me because I'd be interested to get your opinion on this. I feel like in the National Football League, there's three positions where it's really hard to hit the ground running. It's really hard for a rookie to have success right away. And to me, that's quarterback, that's cornerback, and it's the center position. You know, a lot of wide receivers have Justin Jefferson-type years like we saw this year, right? Very productive years as rookies. A lot of pass rushers can get after the quarterback as a rookie. We all know we've seen plenty of running backs have success as rookies. Quarterback, center, and cornerback, to me, it feels like those are the hardest positions for rookies to adjust. He hit the ground running. He completely transformed the reputation of that Steelers offensive line. So he never played in a Super Bowl. We'll talk about his Hall of Fame credentials, but, man, he – over a decade, I think he was the the cog. You know, he was the catalyst that changed the reputation of the Steelers' offense in the trenches. Yeah, I think so. And I also think the center position's wildly underrated around the league. Hmm. Uh, all the time we talk about you got to get tackles, and the tackles are valued. But you're right. When Marquise Pouncey got here, the offensive line uh, turned around. 
Uh, Jeff Hardings was very good and underrated before Marquise Pouncey got here, but there was a little bit of a gap, and, well, things went sideways. But to come in, to be able to call out protections, to be able to be trusted by the quarterback, that's huge. But then Marquise Pouncey's athleticism was second to none hmm. uh, for at least the first five-ish years of his career in the NFL. His ability as a center to pull, his ability to get downfield. I mean, you, you think of interior offensive linemen as guys who are chunky, right, who are who are stout because of their low center of gravity, <laughs> guys who are, are, you know, thicker than they are tall almost, like these, these rectangles on, on the side, but... He's not. I mean, he he was he was lean, uh, a big three hundred pound guy, uh, or rather a lean three hundred pound guy who was just able to get to the second level and create holes that way. Uh, he did change the dynamic because I mean it was brutal in two thousand and five. The Steelers' offensive line was really good, yep. uh, and they had Alan Fanica leading the way for Willie Parker in the Super Bowl. But the three years that followed, Whew. it was a disaster, and. We all knew that Ben Roethlisberger, because he had already accomplished what he had accomplished, wasn't going to turn into David Carr, but he was on his back all the time. Now, a lot of that had to do with him. Uh, some of that had to do with the offenses uh, w- in which that he was playing. But, boy, the offensive lines were terrible. Enter Marquise Pouncey. In the Steelers, they tried to to fix that through the draft. Mike Adams taken in the second round, hmm. but... You know, I think that just goes to show you, you know, Mike Adams was supposed to be a guy, and he wasn't. Uh, now, Marcus Gilbert was, who, who was also a second-round pick out of the University of Florida, much like Marquise Pouncey, but you can miss on those guys. Marquise Pouncey, at the end of the first round, did not miss on him, and he, he to me, had a career that puts him at least in Hall of Fame consideration. So let's have that conversation then. Uh I think Pouncey has one very favorable thing going his way, Crow, man. I feel like, and this is another one of those, you can tell me if I'm wrong here if you disagree, but I feel like one of the things that that a lot of, you know, the, the people who matter in the Hall of Fame voting, that they always agree on is, man, you have to at least been the best or, you know, one or, or 1A, 1B at your position for a period of time, whether it be three years, four years, five right. years, six years, except for maybe the quarterback position because obviously we judge those guys differently. They're, they're the prom kings, and they've got the ball in their hands 50% of the snaps. I feel like Pouncey, man, he, he's going to be a close one. It, 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 like I feel like he has a better chance to get in the Heinz Ward. I, I do. I feel like yeah. he, he is going to be a finalist a lot of times. I feel like, I mean, geez, we just watched Alan Fanick have to wait, what, five or six years. So not going to be a slam dunk first ballot or anything like that. But what will be really interesting to me is how voters come down on just how dominant and how unanimous he was the best center. And again, if not the best, he was 1B um, for the first five, six years of his career versus the last, you know, four or five years as the injuries started to pile up and he was still good but wasn't quite the same dominant force. I don't know. If I had to say right now, I would guess that Pouncey gets really close but never fully gets over that hump, but I, I could certainly be wrong. Him not playing in a Super Bowl hurts because, and Tim Benz wrote a really good piece about this in the Trib, uh, you, you look at the history of the Steelers' center position and Mike Webster, right, mm-hmm. Dermani Dawson. I mean, these are guys who played for championships, and Marquise Pouncey did not. Now, 
you know, I think that that's hand-wringing a little bit because they don't get to the Super Bowl without Marquise Pouncey's contribution throughout the entire 2010 season. Um, I, I can't help but think what happens if he plays in that game. Hmm. Because if you'll remember, Ben Roethlisberger oh. gets forced uh, back in the pocket into the end zone on an interception uh, in, early in that Super Bowl that really made the mountain almost insurmountable to climb. Uh, and they almost climbed it if Rashard Mendenhall doesn't fumble that football. But uh, you wonder if Ben throws that pick if Marquise Pouncey's playing. Hmm. Uh, you fast forward to 2015. The Steelers go on the road to Denver. No A.B., no Le'Veon Bell, no D'Angelo Williams. But people forget, no Marquise Pouncey that game either Right when the Steelers lose to Peyton Manning. Cool. And you wonder... And that was that the, that was the ultimate like game of minutia, game of inches. That game was so tight the whole way. Right. And if he plays those games, I mean, are the Steelers playing in one more AFC Championship game in the case of 2015? Do they maybe win the Super Bowl in 2010? I mean, to me, at that time, his first five years in particular, he was that darn good. Um, to me... If Alan Fanica had to wait as long as he did mm. and he had a signature play in a Super Bowl, he was a champion, a six-time first-team All-Pro, doubling yep. up Marquise Pouncey. Was pretty dang good at tackle for a year as well, too. Right. I mean, if he had to wait as long as he did, I think Pouncey has to wait as well. But the thing that pushes him in eventually and in getting into my book Ooh. is what you argued out the shoot, Wes which is, was he the best or one of the two best at his position for a decade? The answer to me is yes. And if I were in charge of the Hall of Fame, which I am most assuredly not, although I would do it for 80K. <laughs> there it is. I'll tell you, Euler, that would, be the, that would be the main criteria to me. Were you clearly, sometimes it's not that complicated. We, we tend to complicate things. This stat, that yes. stat, PFF. Yes. Were you one of the best three? Because if you were for a decade, HOF. And to me, that's what Mount Marquise Pouncey was at center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, he's going to wait because I do think that Fanica was better. And, and I do think that the statistics bear that out in the ring as well. But should Pouncey be in one day? For me, yeah, absolutely. I dig it. I, you know what? I, I think I might have changed my two. Now I'm going to lean towards he will get in. But well, well and here's the other thing, Euler, not, not to interrupt, but I think we've heard so many times in the past, well, the Steelers, they've got too many guys in the Hall of Fame. Well, I think because of the lineage, the center position, I think it might actually help, not hurt. Hmm. Like, oh, a Pittsburgh Steelers center from another generation? Yeah. That guy, you know what? That guy belongs. Like, it's a, another, a Steelers great linebacker. It's right. like they're the linebacker you of the NFL. I, I think... You know, you can make the argument, a strong one, in fact, that that's what they are for centers, too, uh, in the NFL. Well said by Adam Crowley, the Crow man, with us here today on the Blitz in for Arthur Motes. Uh, you guys know the drill. You want to chime in on this conversation? Marquise Pouncey, his Hall of Fame candidacy. Uh, get at us on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at underscore Adam Crowley. Crowley, before we talk about what this means for Ben Roethlisberger, um, how do you go about replacing Marquise Pouncey for this season? And you know what? Maybe we can just have these conversations in lockstep here because I think how you go about replacing Pouncey depends on what Ben does. And let me explain to you. If Ben comes back for one more year, I don't know if I want to be 
breaking in a rookie. Because uh, I don't know if there's a Marquise Pouncey caliber center or, or you know, anybody uh, to that ilk that's truly worth a, a first round or at least a, you know, a top 30 pick on a center mm-hmm. coming out of the draft. And, and obviously, we, you and I both and everybody will get more in tune with this stuff as we get closer to the draft. And, you know, normally the combine would be happening, what, next week? And, and that's going to be different this year. But everything that I talked about earlier, right, how I think center is one of the hardest positions to hit the ground running in the NFL, there's just so much on your plate for a young player. I don't know if I would want that if you're you're trying to gear up for another run in the last year of Ben Roethlisberger. So, to me, if Ben comes back for one more year, I would look at going the veteran route. Um, A lot of names out there, maybe a guy like B.J. Finney. That's Um, exactly my name. Yeah. Uh, Now, but – the other side of that is, uh, you know, if Ben decides that he's going to sail off into the sunset and, and get on his way to Canton as well, then I think it's time to, you know what, all right, let's completely retool this thing. Yeah. Well, I, I think you could do both. I think hmm. that what I've read, and you wait another two months uh, for our full draft coverage uh, on SNR, but uh, what I've read, a lot of people project the top two centers are, are probably second-round picks. But, but guys who could be long-term starters in the NFL, if the Steelers are serious about trying to win the Super Bowl this year, if Ben Roethlisberger comes back, I would go to the Bengals, who uh, didn't use B.J. Finney at all. Yep. And, and I would say, all right, B.J., let's make this happen. And I, I think that you could get a pretty solid return on that investment for a season. I I liked him as a potential starter when he left for Seattle. I thought he was going to do really good things. Getting him back here in a familiar setting I think would help. Um, And then you could also draft your guy maybe in the second round. And B.J. Finney could be the stopgap. And then you'd have some depth on the O-line, which as we saw last year and as we've always seen is something that's absolutely massive. I I like the direction of this line. I think that Zach Banner is going to be a good player, and I think that he'll be able to be retained on the cheap due to his injury. Hmm. Uh, I, I think that uh, Kevin Dotson's going to be yes. a stud, just a stud. I mean, he was the highest-graded run-blocking uh, guard coming out of the draft last year playing for the Raging Cajuns. I like the youth movement, but if Ben's going to come back, B.J. Finney would be a guy that I would call and say, hey, buddy, you want to come back? Yeah. I think so, too. It's certainly going to be interesting. So let's get to that then. What does this all mean for Ben Roethlisberger, Crowley? Um, going to be 39 years old before training camp would open. Uh, who knows if it's going to be in Latrobe in July or at Heinz Field again, depending on the scope of things with the pandemic. But that's a, that's a, that's a completely different conversation for a completely different day. What does this mean? Like, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, your, your longtime quarterback coach and offensive coordinator is gone and Randy Feetner. Uh, you now have a new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach. There's been some movement with the offensive line coaching as well. Alejandro Villanueva most likely is gone. We know Marquise Pouncey is gone. James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster are most likely going to be gone as well. Who knows what happens with Matt Filer, um, if he's going to have you know some some interested takers. There's a, a lot going on in terms of movement, moving parts around Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of guys that – he was very close with. It's no secret his relationship with Marquise Pouncey. I don't think it's any secret um, his relationship with guys like Alejandro Villanueva and Juju Smith-Schuster as well. As we sit here today, it's February the 16th, year of our Lord, 2021. What does this all mean for Ben Roethlisberger? Well, 
guys who are respected who cover the team, like Ed Bouchette, don't think it's a sure thing that Roethlisberger comes back. And I think that's fair. People change their minds all the time on things. This is not an easy decision, I would think, for Roethlisberger one way or another. I can't get inside his head, but I'll tell you how I think I'd feel if I were in his position. Tell me. Uh, When I was a senior in high school, I was on the crew team, which is rowing. Yeah, you were. You were like my friends. You were on your way to Harvard. I mean, you were like the Winklevoss twins. I was going to go to Stanford, and my parents were going to uh, pay to get me in, much (laughs) like uh, the chick from Full House. Um, But all my friends, they were seniors the year before, so they all graduated. So when I went back to my first crew practice my my senior year, (laughs) you know, I was friendly with everybody, but all my best friends were gone. They were all in college, and I was like, oh, geez. So I, I stayed around for like a week. And then I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to I'm going to spend time skipping class and, and doing some other crazy things. And it's just it's just not as fun for Roethlisberger this year. I yeah. wouldn't think you don't have Juju. You don't have your left tackle. You don't have your best bud, your center. You don't have Randy Feetner, who had a close relationship with. It's it's just not going to be as much fun. And I do think the Steelers have a shot at getting back to the playoffs. Um, they were 11-0. Maybe you can harken back to that and, and find some of the things you did then, and, and maybe it's not the collapse where you finished 1-5. and five. But are they really a Super Bowl contender? Do I see them leapfrogging some of these other great teams in the AFC? I don't. So if you're not going to win and your best buds aren't around, yeah, $19 million sure is nice, but Ben Roethlisberger could you know, buy my house 100 times over, right? <laughs> I mean, does he need any more money? If I were Ben, I would think about stepping away. But here's the reason why he's probably not. Well, or we'll see. You never believe you don't have a shot if you're that Hall of Fame talent. Yes. Like Ben Roethlisberger doesn't see himself as declining. Ben sees any of the problems that happened the latter six weeks of the season, including the playoff game, as things that are correctable mistakes that had to do with decision-making and some things that could be tweaked. I'm not sure that's the case, but that's how that guy looks at it. Brett Favre, he probably still thinks that he can play, right? right it's not like right. there's been this precipitous <laughs> Eli drop Manning off. still thinks he's got another run in him. Right. It's not like Peyton. Like Peyton, everyone knew, including Peyton, holy cheese and crackers, yeah. I can't do it. And that's because Peyton's neck was fused on, you know, like R2-D2 was shooting, <laughs> you know, electric shocks into it between they had, plays. They had, to, they had to weld them together like it was an Iron Man suit. Exactly. How many different like, uh, how many different sci-fi universes can we drop here? But Ben's not like that. Ben thinks, ah, let's take the first eleven weeks and forget about the bad and try to fix it. Yeah. And, and so I think that's the dichotomy. I think that's the juxtaposition, and and that's what makes this really next month before that bonus is due so fascinating. I'll add one more uh, wrinkle into that crowd, man, to add to the fascination, if you will. Ah, uh, wrinkle in time. <laughs> Another universe. I finally watched Ted Lasso. By the way, and uh, he gets the uh, you know the captain of the team to read a wrinkle in time. Uh, you and I can talk about that at another time. <laughs> um, ben Roethlisberger, I agree with you. There's the fun factor versus the I still think we can go on another run factor. I want to throw one more curveball into that equation. Yeah, Crowman, how many times this year did Ben mention how much he missed the fans? By my count, off the top of my head, at least four or five times. Talking about how he missed the atmosphere at Heinz Field. He missed the fans, missed playing in front Great of the crowd, point. misses the terrible towels. 
what I'm about to say about Ben Roethlisberger, he's not alone in this regard, but he's he, obviously anybody who's accomplished what he's accomplished, a, a two-decade NFL career, staring down Canton, three Super Bowl appearances, two rings on your finger, the, the list goes on and on. Anybody in Ben's position, he's not alone in this, has some ego, has some pride. Um, wants that swan song, wants to get the roses. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Kobe, Tom, right? Tom, exactly. They want the Kobe Bryant retirement tour. Exactly. David Ortiz. David Derek Ortiz. Jeter. Yes, 100%. Um, th- those are all great examples. And, again, I'm not saying that, that, that that's just wrong for Ben. There are plenty of guys that they want to be able to get their roses on their way out the door. They want that love and affection, uh, you know, one last time to be really able to soak it in from the fan base at large, particularly a fan base like Steelers Nation that is just everywhere and takes over so many stadiums even when the team plays on the road. Adam, if he mentioned it once, I wouldn't think it was a big deal. If he mentioned it twice, I wouldn't think it was a big deal. But four or five times this year, Ben mentioned how much he missed the fans. I don't know if he wants to go out like that, right? And I get the fun factor. I'm with you 100% on that. But I think even more than having some fun, I, I, I think he wants some some love and affection from the fan base on, on, on his, you know, on what would be his, his swan song year. Yeah, sure, that's fair. And I'm not saying and, that's and wrong either. Again, I'm I'm there's there's plenty of people that have have been like that. Well, there's no there's no right answer. I mean, this is this is his career and he is under contract for another year. Yes. And I know that if he returns, then the ball is in his court in terms of okay, what are you going to accept because the Steelers are going to try to renegotiate some things, but uh, if he wants to come back, fine. If he doesn't, fine. If he doesn't want to get his head pile-drived into the turf, understandable if he wants to because he, he thinks he's got a chance to win I think we can all understand that as well I mean this is a prideful guy um, I think what you said was well said and it would probably be hard I would imagine for your final season to end going one and five losing to one of those cool. Ohio teams that you never lost to and and having to do all that all the while having q-tips shoved up your nose uh, not really being able to have the same relationship with the guys that you normally would, sure. and then not being able to run out of the tunnel uh, and, and point up to the sky in front of 68,000 <laughs> rabid fans. No, I, I think that's fair. Again, which is what makes this next month or so yep. absolutely riveting. And, and this is a massive turning point in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. If Ben comes back, they're gearing up to try to win it this year. If Ben doesn't come back, well, now you've got a head start on trying to figure out the the guy who is going to lead you to the promised land the next time. And that means we are living in a great time in Pittsburgh Steelers history, my friend. We really are. Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers for over half of Adam Crowley and I's lifetime. I mean... <laughs> Think about that. And and, it's and, true. and you're 30, and I'm going to be 30 here in just a little over a week at the end of the month. I'm going to be 30 in like 12 days. Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers for over half of Adam and I's life. Yeah, it's, Dude, it's, fasc- I swear it's, to God, it's fascinating to, to, to see what's going to happen here in the next month. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a picture of this and tweet it out, but my eighth grade picture, <laughs> so that was when the Steelers <laughs> – the Steelers won Super Bowl forty three. No, that was our so fresh, that was our freshman year. Eighth grade was when the fifteen and one Steelers lost to the Patriots at home in the AFC Championship. No, it wasn't because that was two thousand four. Yeah, which was our eighth grade year. Right. So that's because we when graduated. I had... We graduated high school in 09. Steelers won the oh, Super right, Bowl right, right, our right, freshman right, right. year and our senior year. 
of, right, of college. Right. So or of high school. 2004, I got the Ben Roethlisberger jersey. So eighth grade, it was in my oh. eighth grade picture. My school picture, I'm wearing a number seven jersey. I mean, that tells you just how. Middle school <laughs> picture, yeah. Now, oh. you're, now you're in your 30s and you're a father. And, and the quarterback that you were repping in your middle school picture is still with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's, it's incredible. It's been a hell of an era. And it'll certainly, uh, we're, we're all waiting on pins and needles to see if that will continue for another year or if it will be time to, to start building towards that next championship window. Adam Crowley, Wesley Euler here on the Steelers Blitz. You know the drill. You want to get involved at underscore Adam Crowley, at Wesley Euler. Any of your thoughts on Marquise Pouncey, how it relates to Ben Roethlisberger, uh, about his Hall of Fame candidacy, you can hit us up. You can get involved on the Twitter.com. The Steelers have a lot of decisions to make, and they did before Marquise Pouncey retired. I want to discuss some free agency decisions that the Steelers are going to have to make some draft priorities as well with the crowd, man. And could J.J. Watt end up in the AFC North, just not in Pittsburgh? All of that right around the corner on this edition of the Steelers Blitz.